welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everyone. Happy June. (sighs) We're doing it. We're doing this summer thing, and I hope you're enjoying your time with your family. Today, we have a returning guest. Caitlin Crosby is back. She is founder of The Giving Keys, and last time we talked, she had just released a book, and voila, she's released another new book called Every Word Matters. After turning in this manuscript for this book, she found out she needed the words that she actually wrote She and her husband uh, unexpectedly separated, and she had to start a whole new life as a single parent. She moved to a new home and helped transition the kids, and it has been a challenge. And Today we're talking about the challenge of those transitions, why words matter so much to her, how she keeps her intentions when life gets tough, and how all of this has led to her outlook on the next season for her in her life. She is just such an incredible warrior mom, businesswoman, and I am just so glad to be chatting with Caitlin again. So let's get to my conversation with Caitlin Crosby. All right, I'm so excited to have Caitlin Crosby back today. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. So good to have you back. It's been just over a year. I think it was early pandemic that we were on last time. Yes. Ugh. How's, so much has yeah, happened. So, so much has happened. No kidding. But where where are you today? Because you've actually moved as well. Yes. <laughs> so since we last talked, I yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, yeah, I was, you know, married, two kids. Now I since then went through a separation that I was not expecting or I mean, wanting, um, but it's kind of, we had to do what we had to do. And, uh, and so I've been navigating single mother life for the last five months. And, um, and I still don't know what that's going to look like. I still have hope that we'll be able to bring our family back together again. Um, but I'm just trying to do the best that I can for the kids and to protect them and myself and, um, just, yeah, and now it's so interesting because now that I've really gotten into the flow of single mother life, obviously it's exhausting and really hard, but I feel like I, I have found so much empowerment in it, um, just realizing that, wow, this was my biggest fear and it happened, but I can do it. And so that's empowering. Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the hardest things when you're going through a transition is expecting things to kind of even out into the new normal maybe sooner than is actually reasonable. And that can apply to a lot of different life situations, right? So, um, you know, even just moving as a family to a new place, we've moved a lot as a family, Um, you know, going through a separation, experiencing loss, all these different things. And sometimes we put a timeline on it, or we think we know how we would, how we would be, or maybe we're an onlooker to somebody else. And we're like, oh, why are they still you know, bummed about that or, you know, sometimes we, we judge prematurely either ourselves or somebody else. Have you experienced that previously? And has this changed your kind of outlook? Um, I feel like because I'm still so fresh yeah. to it, I think 
for the most part, people have said the opposite. They're like, we can't, we can't believe how well you've adjusted to this, yeah. you know? Uh, but I think a lot of it is, you know, I've, I've been learning a lot about grief and how it comes in different waves and there is no like, oh, it should only last this long. You know, it's, you know, it might last a lifetime and take on different forms. And especially if it's with a trauma, it often does last a lifetime, but it doesn't, yeah. it won't be as like acutely, you know, uh, painful, mm-hmm. uh, but it just, yeah, it takes on different forms. But I think, yeah, for the most part, for me, it's been like, you know, you having, pulling it together, holding it together for the kids to get through all the responsibilities. But then, then, you know, when I have my alone time, when the kids will go with their dad on the weekends, like I just like ball my eyes out. Cause it's like when I finally have that time to myself, right? which has been really good and needed to kind of release it all and feel all the feelings. And yeah, which I think I've been learning is the most helpful way to grieve and really grow and heal and learn is, is yeah. Feel like embracing it, feeling the feelings, letting yourself grieve and um, not being a denial of reality. Right. And I mean, you've been, you've been through a lot of challenges with your business. And I mean, even just in the last year with trying to overcome new challenges that you'd never faced before, how does the relationship challenges and the emotional challenges that you faced most recently differ than maybe business challenges you faced in the past, or do you feel more equipped because of the challenges you faced previously? Yeah, that's a really good question. Honestly, it's a different type of, uh, of hardship because I think with the business stress, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through, which you would think like, you know, a separation with two kids and like the situation would happen, like was pretty awful. So you would think that would be the hardest thing or, you know, other things like health issues or whatever, right. parents and loved ones or family, other family situations. Um, but honestly, the the stress of, of the company and when it was going through a hard time and there was embezzlement and all of that and uh, getting into debt and the debt leaning on me and me being then financially responsible for it. I mean, I've never experienced that much stress in my entire life. And I really had to work this program that I'm in called Al-Anon. Um, so Al-Anon, I don't know if any of you have heard of it, but so Al-Anon is the 12 steps. So, you know, if you're, if someone is an alcoholic, they go to AA and they work the 12 steps. Um, so Al-Anon is for people that are in relationships with people that aren't alcoholics or have family members or friends that are alcoholics. If you could be raised by one, you could even be a, an adult, uh, and be a parent of someone who's an alcoholic and you'll still go, you should still go to Al-Anon because you walk through the, the 12 steps and they give you coping skills, but also to kind of like keeping your side of the street clean and, um, focusing on your serenity and your boundaries and your mental health and, um, and not putting so much of the, um, attention and energy on them and their ism and, Um, so that has been giving me really good coping skills through the business stuff actually. And it's applicable to every area in life. So I think that did help me get through it because I had kind of like a foundation and a community of people and steps and a sponsor to rely on to really put the tools into practice. (laughs) That is so fortunate, Caitlin. And the more I've learned about Al-Anon, um, it does seem like a type of program and the steps are such that anybody could really benefit from them. I mean, having that self-awareness 
and yeah, like you said, keeping your side of the street clean and really repenting and, and being able to move forward with that, that attitude of self-awareness and repentance and wanting to do better and wanting to, you know, do right by people. And I don't know, like, why aren't we all enrolled or why, why isn't that taught anywhere in college? I mean, imagine if college students got that type of information. Yeah, that's a really good point, because honestly, I was on one of those, like, a clubhouse discussion, and it was a random room that I found myself in, because I saw a friend on there, and I signed on, and it was a bunch of people that I didn't really know, and, like, a bunch of yoga-type people, like, and I'm I'm fine with yoga, I've, I've done, I love yoga, but it was, like, very yoga. <laughs> I know, know what you mean, people. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but this one guy who was he was, I think he was a moderator and he had a ton of followers and he's super powerful, super smart. And he was like, I have studied every religion in the world and I have done all the self-help everything. And I've, you know, met with some of the most fascinating, great spiritual leaders in our, you know, generation, blah, blah, blah. But I think the 12 steps are for the spiritual, what did he say? Did he say like, spiritual ninjas or no spiritual fathers or the like yeah. the spiritual giants that's what he said he goes i feel like the 12 steps is the best is like the best out of anything out there for the spiritual giants because it just kind of covers all your bases of you know being a healthy person surrendering to your higher power to um taking your own inventory to living a life of service um it's just like a really balanced way to live so yes yeah. Hey everyone, wanted to jump in real quick and thank a show sponsor, and that is Nutrafol. There are massive changes that happen in your body postpartum. I know, and it can actually really take a toll on your hair, and I'm seeing more and more women talking about this. More than 50% of women experience excessive shedding naturally within the first three to four months after giving birth. And you guys, my hairline is literally receding, and I've noticed such a big difference in breaking, but Nutrafol's goal is to empower women to embrace the beauty of their hair growth recovery with Nutrafol postpartum by targeting the root causes of postpartum thinning hair. So it's not just like a band-aid to the problem, it is addressing the root cause, like physical stress of childbirth, emotional stress of parenting. Nutrafol postpartum is breastfeeding friendly, which I love, and it really helps to just fill in the nutrition gaps to manage shedding and help your hair to grow stronger and thicker. That's what we all want. Now, healthier hair does not happen overnight. It can take, you know, three to six months when you start to see and feel results, but you'll be so glad that you took a proactive approach to this common, common problem. You can grow stronger, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using our promo code EMP to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is her very best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code EMP. Let me know how Nutrafol works for you. I just started Nutrafol personally, and I'm so excited to see what the next few months hold. Now let's get back to it with Caitlin. For somebody that is has a relationship with somebody who suffers from addiction, you know, regardless of what that relationship is, so many times we do want to put all the focus on their healing and their path and them not doing enough. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then them impacting you so much. But we can all take so much more responsibility for the role we play, not that we caused 
anything to to cause their choices, but we all have our own choices. So we're, you know, how can we stand a little taller? How can we live a little cleaner? Mm-hmm. We can all do that. And and when we can take that inventory, I love that word. We can do that even without going to the program, but but in the morning, say like, what do I want to do today? Who I want to be today? Yeah. 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 I love that. Well, your new book, Every Word Matters, I mean, it is so perfect, obviously, because with the giving keys, words have always mattered to you and intention has always mattered to you. I don't remember if I asked you last time, what was your first word on your key? I know the answer to this, but tell the listeners. What what was your first engraved word that you had done? Yeah, I had a, a phrase that said, love your flaws on it Mm -hmm. uh, because at the time I had a website with Brie Larson where um, we kind of were tackling and the whole subject of body image issues and growing up in Hollywood and comparison and um, trying to rebrainwash ourselves to love our flaws Mm -hmm. and um, so yeah I I had and then my first album 100 years ago in 2008 (laughs) Uh, it was called Love Your Flaws, and uh, no, 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 it was called Flaws. So, um, yes, yeah, so that was the first phrase on there, Love Your Flaws. And then I had, and then I saw all these old used keys, and I said, oh, while you're at it, can you do hope, love, faith, dream, believe? So every chapter of the new book is, um, are all of our, like, kind of best-selling words that seems to be all the words that people are really needing in their lives. So we do a really like a deep dive into strength, a deep dive into brave, a deep dive into faith, a deep dive into create, a deep dive into mm-hmm. fearless and inspire. And, um, yeah, it's so cool. And it is, it, and it's so easy to get through. And depending upon, you know, what word is really speaking to you, you can kind of just jump to that chapter, which I mm-hmm. think is, is so powerful. And something that stuck out to me that I want to talk to you about is you say, sometimes I pick a word because I need more of it in my life. Sometimes I pick a word as a reminder of a quality I already have. And sometimes I pick a word because it feels right for a season that I'm in. And I love that so much because I've been thinking about labels lately and the labels we give ourselves for good or for bad. I think sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves in a negative box and, and that can really hold us back. But then sometimes, especially with the rise of affirmations and meditation and things like that, I love the idea of labeling ourselves more positively too. And so tell me, tell me about the differentiation you have and like, how do you choose a word based upon one of those three criteria? Like, how do you know what you want to focus on or what you want to think about? Yeah. I mean, every day I really just kind of I look at all my options and my jewelry. (laughs) What do I need today? So right now I'm wearing this one that says warrior. So warrior is kind of my word of the year. Mm. And for this word, it just kept popping up. It just, it started, I started seeing it and people started telling me that they thought I was a warrior. And then Mm. I started all these little kind of like breadcrumb moments and aha moments and um, synchronicities would happen where I was like, whoa. I think I really need to, like, I think warrior is, 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 is my word. So I just started making a lot of jewelry that said warrior on yeah. it, the bracelets. And this is like a little rectangle pendant. Um, and then, but I mean, I, I wear love definitely every day. And I think I probably always will because what is better than love? So I think love is like the overarching word that I will always wear, whether it's on a bracelet or an earring or whatever, because we just cannot ever get enough of that. Um, and then brave, I wear a lot too, uh, because 
Well, my little boy, his name is Brave, so I feel like I have to represent him and just always keep him close to my heart. Yeah. And my little girl, who's one, almost two, her name is Love, so that's why I definitely always have to wear Brave and Love. Um, but I think, you know, uh, yeah, it, it really, to me, is about, like, th- the day, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll wear the same, like, strength over and over for a month, and then I'll swap it out and be like, create. You know what? I'm, I feel like I have not been creative lately. I've, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I need to, like, jazz that up in my life, and if I wear this, it'll, it'll remind me that I need to, like, you know, be intentional about thinking about ways to be creative again and kind of stir up that that energy inside of myself and yeah. yeah well I just love the the mental image of you having this collection of words and and you're all of these things right and so it's not just like committing to a certain word for a whole year right which is like I think what some of us do and get stuck in like in the beginning in January you pick a word for the year yeah. but it, I mean day to day it really does ebb and flow right and a year yeah. ago you all probably the words all the time yes I love I love that you can yeah, be so multi-passionate and multi, you know, talented and appreciate different things about yourself and who you want to be and who you currently are. And one of the things we talked about last time was that when you started the giving keys and it really started being built up, not only was it for yourself and for your customers to have a word for themselves, but it was something then you could also pass on to somebody else. And I just think that is such a powerful thing and such a powerful offering to believe not only in yourself, but also in somebody else. And I'm curious if you have any stories of times where you have passed on a key to somebody else or a word to somebody else that really, that experience stuck with you. Yeah. I mean, so many since I've been doing it for 13 years, yeah. but I'll, the, the most recent one that just happened. Um, so my dad had he had one ball chain necklace and then he kept adding more and more keys to it. So he had like four or five keys on there and, uh, he had strength, he had family, he had one that said swag on there. (laughs) He's 78. So that was amazing. That's amazing. Um, and he had, what else? I forget the other one, but, um, maybe courage. And I had a surgery in November and he gave me, the, the whole thing. He's like, here, wear this. And I was like, well, I can't wear it in the surgery room. He's like, well, just keep it in your bag. So I, so I, you know, just had it in my bag and then I kind of forgot about it. And then he mentioned one day, he was like, I got to get all my necklaces back. And, uh, cause, cause, cause he's like, I haven't seen you wear them. And I know, and it's more like manly. I mean, I wear yeah. all like, like the gold, cute, dainty, sparkly ones, but you know, his is more like r- the rust, rustic, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and so normally they're not supposed to be like an Indian giver situation, but because it was my dad, I was like, okay, I'll give it back. (laughs) I I couldn't find it. And then my mom had an accident a couple weeks ago where she fell down some stairs at like CVS and broke her femur and her hip and the, the, the the bone. Oh no. And she had to have this big surgery and been recovering so I've been in the hospital with her a bunch visiting in the last couple weeks and I I was like I have to find that necklace and so I finally went through all my purses and I and bags and I found I found it so I brought it in to her like right after her surgery and passed it on to her and it was like a good tearjerker moment and and it was in front of my dad too so he got to see it kind of come full circle which was really special yeah 
There was a reason you couldn't find it initially. Right. <laughs> you were just trying to hold it hostage. Yeah. Oh, well, how's she doing? She's okay. Oh. She, she's, I mean, the, the surgery part is healing, but she has neuropathy. And so the neuropathy now, it, it, it was just in her feet and, and ankles and up to her knee, but now it's all the way up to her waist. Oh, okay. And it kind of, she's thinking that the, the fall kind of triggered it possibly. So... Yeah, oh, so, so back to working those 12 steps to accepting the things we cannot change, right? Right, absolutely. Well, Courage to change the things that we can. I mean, I've been living mm-hmm. off that serenity prayer and always encourage her to pray that that prayer as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, this is just such a great example. If you never know what people are going through, right? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, not your story to share on Instagram necessarily and probably not part of life that, you know, you're just going to like, here I am at the hospital, like... But people are going through it. People, yeah. everybody is. And just giving people the benefit of the doubt that you don't know what somebody's going through when they're speeding through a parking lot or not smiling at you and they're not holding the door, What whatever it yeah. is, giving people the grace and the space just to be and mm. yeah, just, just assume that everyone's going through something. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> One of your chapters, um, like you said, is believe and... Mm belief in ourself, belief in what will be, um, belief in others. And you really, something interesting and different, um, that you do in this chapter is tie belief to gratitude. And so it's not just like affirming yourself that you are strong, you are capable, but it's saying, I believe I am strong and I am grateful that I can stand up for myself and others. Why take it that step further? I'm a big gratitude person too, but usually it's gratitude like in isolation, but tying it to a belief. I thought that was really interesting, Caitlin. Yeah. I think sometimes with, with, with gratitude lists, they can just become, I mean, for me, I get very, I don't know if the word is, uh, it's just hard to let it really sink in. Just like, oh, just do it over and over, which I have heard that the more that you do it, it really is about repetition and, and different psychologists and mm-hmm. counselors have said mm-hmm. to create a new belief about yourself. It can't, you can't just pray. You can't pray away the negative beliefs. Like they have, you have to replace them with new positive beliefs and the way the negative beliefs got there, that was from repetition. Mm-hmm. So you have to then create new positive beliefs in the complete opposite direction to contrast contrast and counteract the negative beliefs and you have to do that that with repetition to create new grooves in the brain because they explained it like our our brain is like a record player mm-hmm. and there are like these like creases and these grooves that are there that are the negative grooves and and we have these negative beliefs about ourselves and the way they get deeper and deeper and deeper is that we live life in such a way where we basically are kind of waiting for people to confirm those negative beliefs so if someone looks at us a certain way or says something we're like, oh, see, see, I'm right. I, I'm right. Like, look, they, I am stupid, you know, or I am fat or I am like incapable of being, I am a bad mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. And you, yeah. And those grooves are just going to like fade away. It's like, you have to, you have to create the new grooves that would say, I am, I am smart. I am smart. I'm intelligent. I'm intelligent. I'm intelligent. I am my body. You know, my body is healthy. My body enables me to walk and my, you know, I, I do the best that I can as a mom and I blah, blah, blah. And once you start saying that over and over and over and over, you're going to start seeing people affirm those things because they'll just be more aware of it. So then your groove will get 
deeper in that positive belief instead of just letting your your mind be be in charge of you like you have to be in charge of your mind tell it what to believe that's so much more work than just listing it out <laughs> but but the think about the impact i mean what you're describing is what we all want and we're hoping to get out of that list but we have to be responsible with what we're willing to put in is what we're going to get out and we yeah. can't just like take the shortcut in order to see more of the good but you will see whatever you're looking for yeah yeah. And it's so funny. Like I was working with my therapist and she gave me some affirmations that she was encouraging me to say, and I wrote it in my journal and then I forgot about it. And then the whole next, the next week when I went to go talk with her again, I was like, what was my homework again? And then I look next and then I look and I see that it, it was the affirmations that I completely forgot about. Um, and I maybe said them, you know, the first day and then I forgot. So then I did a new thing where I left my journal open to that page and I left it right next to my bed so I like was forced to see it and then I would take it with me when I was brushing my teeth and looking at it there and then taking it with me to my car and my bag and like I'm like I have to re-brainwash yourself yeah yeah and I and, and again with the with the labels and the words like brainwash tends to have like a really negative connotation mm-hmm. but but you could also use it for positive just like flood yourself yeah. with these good thoughts yeah. and I can only imagine that's what's gotten you through as a warrior the last yeah months, right? Everyone wanted to jump in one last time and thank another show sponsor and that is Brightside. I was so excited to learn about Brightside because I think it might help so many of you listening. Dealing with anxiety and depression can be paralyzing, but you should know that you're not broken and you're certainly not alone. I've talked about my own personal journey with mental health challenges, especially anxiety, and I want to offer you a solution. Brightside offers personalized, life-changing anxiety and depressive care from your own home. Yep, from your own home. Most mental health providers make getting help really exhausting. And when you're in the midst of a mental health challenge, that's the last thing that you need to burden you with. To make appointments, to schedule babysitters, Brightside eliminates all of those issues. Just go to brightside.com slash moms and you can take a quick free mental health assessment. And within 48 hours, you're connected with an expert provider to start your personalized treatment plan. So I just took the quiz. I went to brightside.com slash moms, took the quiz. It took three minutes for me. And it's just a basic uh, assessment of your depression and anxiety symptoms. And it's similar to something you would get in the doctor's office. But what I loved is at the very end, they give you a score of your depression and anxiety rating out of 21 questions. And what surprised me was I thought I was suffering mostly with anxiety, but actually I'm right in the middle for anxiety, but I actually scored a little bit higher for moderate depression. And I didn't even know that. And so I'm really excited to pursue this more with Brightside and see how they can help me to feel my very, very best. So join the thousands of Brightside members taking back their lives. Take your free mental health assessment and get up to $100 credit on your first month of treatment at brightside.com slash moms. That's brightside.com slash moms. Brightside.com slash moms. Trust me, if you have been on the fence about getting help for yourself, treating your anxiety or depression is one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your family. So go to brightside.com slash moms and at least take the free assessment. Now let's finish up with Caitlin. How have you been helping your kids during this time? How old are your kids now? 
Yeah, Brave um, is four and a half. Uh Uh-huh. And love is turning to next month. Oh, my gosh. And so how has this transition been for them? And how have you helped them to maintain positivity and hope and and instilling really meaningful words like these kind of subconsciously? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been doing – I did some – I mean, it's been such a learning curve and I'm constantly yeah. asking people for advice and learning about play therapy and, you know, something as simple as we did, I did a little exercise where, you know, Brave, he, he's been struggling with a stutter for a while mm. and it goes in and out and we work with a speech therapist, but it was getting worse and he was having a lot of things that kind of seem very OCD-ish, like putting on five socks at a time like every day and we're still kind of struggling with that and, and, and pointing that back to he's wanting to feel comfort and he's wanting to feel safe, like this tightness and, uh, and, and that it's like, he doesn't know how to process what's happening. So the play play therapy that I was doing was, you know, drop, like, just like, let's draw mommy's house and let's draw daddy's house and just like giving him a visual of it. So it's not kind of all jumbled up in his brain. And then when we're playing blocks, like let's draw mommy's house and all the things we see around mommy's house. Let's, let's, Hmm. let's now let's build daddy's house. And like, Oh look, they both have this. And like, Oh look, you, you get this and you, and you get to have two houses. Some people only get to have one house and just, you know, focusing on the the positive, like that, like, you know, you're lucky kind of thing, but it's okay to be sad too. But like, let's look at the bright side, but then also we'll do things like things. I'm, I'm, it's so nice to hear things rub off on him. Like, if he gets frustrated with riding a bike or, um, you know, if he gets a boo-boo or whatever. Um, and it's so funny cause it's something that I tell my mom, like, I wish, I wish that I was taught like, no matter what, you're going to get through this. Like you will be okay. You will be okay. You're going to get through it. And so now brave every time he like gets a boo-boo or something, he's like, I'm going to get through it. Right. I'm going to get through it. Right. And just, I love hearing the little things that he's picking up on that I'm trying to instill in him, but I'm also still trying to instill it in me at the same time. Yes, it is. It is a learning curve together. And sometimes our kids bring out those kind of deficiencies or weaknesses or holes in our own understanding. And when we can mm-hmm. learn, they can teach us as much as we can teach them. Yeah. And when you're really seeking to model healthy processing for your kids and problem solving and processing sad emotions, when we can seek to do that in the healthiest way, and be way more aware of how, what what we're doing, what we're showing them. Mm-hmm. We're held so much more responsible for that, and I feel grateful that I have an audience because sometimes I would just kind of freak or lash out or revert back to really unhealthy things. Yeah, have you have you heard of any good tools for kids around my around my yeah. kids' age going through something like this that that you have found or heard helpful? No, I, I think I've, I have heard about play therapy being really wonderful and, and art can, can be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting them just open, like opening, nope, asking open-ended questions, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead of saying, are you feeling blank? Well, sometimes kids don't know how to articulate what yeah. they're feeling. And so yeah. to have them like label it, well, yeah, I'm sad. Okay. Well, then that just like stops because it's just a one word answer. But yeah. saying like, you know, you know, what do you think about when we're driving, you know, away from daddy's house mm. or, or how do you feel when we drive away from daddy's house? Or what do you feel when you leave mom to go to dad's house or, and, and keeping it yeah. really open ended 
and not having conversations where you're just like locking eyes with them, but like in the mm. car is like the best place to talk to them because they're not feeling quite as on the spot. I know this is a much bigger deal for older kids well, who feel really intimidated by like being interrogated by their moms. Right. Mm -hmm. But I've heard so much about teenagers who just open up when, you know, mom's cooking at the stove, not looking at them, but talking to them at the dining room table and just like, Oh, tell me about your friends lately. Like what's going on at school. And you know, mm -hmm. how's, how's that relationship going? but not feeling interrogated. And so I think mm -hmm. keeping things really open-ended for kids is, is huge. And two, just realizing like they don't know how to do this any better than you do. And so giving them space to process it, how they're going to naturally process it. Yeah. Right. And they're not trying to be defiant. They're not trying to be, you know, have OCD tendencies to cope. And so not getting mad about those things, but, letting those unfold, but supporting them in developing the healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. But you're, you're doing that, but it is got to be such a learning process for, for everybody and acknowledging yeah. just as like, you don't know what you're doing, neither do they. And so not, but I think parents can jump on their kids a lot more than, you know, we would, you know, I don't know. We, we hold them to a really high standard sometimes to be able to yeah. just deal with it. And yeah. I think that's sad, but you're doing an amazing job from the sounds of it. Thanks. I'm trying. I know. I know you are. And, and that's the thing we get so down on ourselves, but think about all the parents that, that don't really consider their kids or how really? it affects their kids. Oh God. I mean, it's not my listeners. <laughs> my <laughs> listeners are all extraordinary yeah, yeah. moms who care deeply, Yeah. but out of the whole world, you know, there's so many parents that just do what they got to do and don't really think about the ramifications on their children or how to do better. So the fact yeah. that we're even concerned with this puts us in yeah. a different tier. Yeah. I think I've also heard a lot about um, consistency is, is the most important when you're going through some sort of separation and having them always know what to expect mm -hmm. so they don't feel this uneasy, unsafety. of. And, and I notice it's huge. Like Brave, a lot of times he's like, well, where, where's daddy? And like, is daddy coming over? And it's like, he needs to know. And I need to tell him ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So he's not wondering because yeah. then that wondering gives him anxiety. Right. So doing star, uh, charts and calendars and star charts and positive affirmations as much as possible and being present as much as possible. Um, yeah, the phone thing, that's really a big, a big one. That's so hard in this, you know, mm -hmm generation like you know generations in the past never had that kind of temptation to always have this thing on you that you're looking down at and it's so sad and I fall into that trap too especially when you're working from home yeah <laughs> and there's just a lot of responsibilities pulling at you and just going on a walk having that phone so I, I need I, I've been you know working on putting my foot like leaving my phone at home when we go on a walk and mm -hmm. to be present um just little things as much as possible to give them all of our, yeah, all of our attention. And, but it's, it's, it's definitely, it's hard in this day and age, but yeah, yeah. we got to do it. Yeah. But I love that you mentioned too, that, you know, on the weekends you are able to give yourself that space to also feel what you need to feel. Because, yeah. yes, we try and stay strong for our kids and be a good example for our kids, but we also have our own work to do and our own processing to do, and sometimes mm -hmm. it looks messy, and and that's okay, too. So creating that space, however that looks yeah. um, for you, I think is really important. You mentioned that, you know, this was kind of your worst fear 
but uh-huh. you've, you know, had friends remark that you're doing remarkably well. And, you know, I'm sure you have your ups and downs, like you mentioned. What have you learned about yourself as a person and as a mother through the last year, even just the pandemic with work, with just in, in general, kind of how, yeah. how are you continuing to evolve in that perspective? Yeah, I do feel so much more empowered because I think taking on my worst nightmares and my worst fears and realizing like, oh, it's not that bad. I I am strong enough to handle this. And Mm. honestly, even like reading my own book, it was so interesting because I wrote the book when we were still together. But then when we were going through the separation and I had finished the book and I was I was reading the audio book. I was no, I was recording the audio book right when we just started separating and we were selling our house and it was super emotional and I remember Colin and the notary guy came to have me sign away our house went like up in the kitchen area like the cap yeah the little kitchen area of the studio and you know I went and you know we signed our house away with the notary and then hugged and bawled our eyes out and then I went right back into the recording booth and and was reading the words of my own book this, this new book every word matters and it was like water to my soul it was like everything I needed to hear so I think <laughs> encouraging myself with that that has been really really helpful and um yeah just knowing no matter what it is like there you know I'm my the next big thing is probably going to be like my parents passing away and that's always a big fear and a big thing I'm dreading like uh, you know most people but but knowing that like, okay, it's going to be brutal. It's going to hurt so bad. And I'm going to bawl my eyes out, but I will get through it. And just having that perspective with everything in every area. Yeah. Cause I know that I did, I know that I can, and there's really no other option. So let's just keep, <laughs> you know, right. And fear, can, fear holds us back from so many things until we just accept that those challenges and and those repercussions are just part of life, but it is absolutely something we can get through even while remaining fearful. A lot of times, like is fear now gone from some of these situations or do you just kind of work with it instead? Oh no, I think, (laughs) yeah, I think definitely fear is, is there. I think that's definitely one of my biggest, like, negative qualities is that my mind goes to like the worst possible scenario. Mm. Uh, what is it called? I've been hearing it lately, like a uh, catastrophe. Oh, catastrophizing. Cause yeah. Catastrophizing. catastrophizing. Like, yes. Yes. I've heard that. Yeah. The worst case scenario. Right. And like living in that fear, that anxiety of the fear of the future instead of just trusting, you know, trusting that, it's, it, it'll work itself out and having a more like relaxed, chill, calm approach to life and, uh, not, yeah. yeah and it's like letting our nervous system have a, have a break, but it's hard. Cause it's like, I think I'm, I'm genetically <laughs> the way I was raised and my mom is the same way. Just like really high strong. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to be really intentional about it. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to combat, but just because it is, you know, kind of part of your DNA for lack of a better term, it doesn't mean that you can't also add in healthy ways to to cope like, like you've been working on for sure. So who is this book for? Every word matters. Like you said, it was for you Mm -hmm. with, with what you were going through and those words really served you. Who do you Mm -hmm. hope reads this book? And it's, and it's, 
darling, for lack of a better term. Like, it's just a little square window. It is the perfect gifting book. Imagine yeah. if you gave the necklace with a precious word and this book. I mean, that's that's a pretty good gift, right, Caitlin? Yes. So who's this so for? We got you covered. We yep. got you covered. I mean, definitely mothers, because I think, you know, we don't have that much time. And so I think it's good because every chapter we're focusing on a different word to just kind of maybe you take a, a chapter a week and you focus mm -hmm. on that word for that week and just have it in the back of your mind. And then my favorite part are there are these um, journal, like journal prompting questions at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just really good things that you can, you can just think about throughout your week and kind of hold yourself accountable, do it with a girlfriend, set your intentions in the book, write out your lists in the book. Um, and I love, I mean, I have so many different journals, but I like that the, the, the book has uh, kind of a few journal lines where you can write in the book so everything can kind of just stay in one place. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it, it's definitely, I mean, it's for everyone, but I feel like it's the perfect mom book just to get little, like, nuggets to get you through the week. Yes, especially if you're struggling with sitting down and reading a whole book right now. This just yeah. gives you the perfect dose of inspiration yeah. and and it's not so self-helpy that it feels like it's going to take a lot of work. It can be very immediate, like writing down the answers to these very simple prompts, just like one sentence. You yeah. know, what's a negative thought you have? How can you change that thought into an empowering yeah. thought? Boom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you just did that, like you said, once a week, change the word. Um, it's just so powerful. So I have really loved going through this book. So Every Word Matters. And where can people find it? You can get it everywhere books are sold and Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And yeah, we have a cute little website for it too. Everywordmattersbook.com. Do you enjoy this writing process? Do you ever think that you were going to be a two-time author? No. Yes, you enjoy writing. No, you didn't think you were going to be an author. Writing, but I was not thinking I was going to be an author. Yeah. Because <laughs> I grew up writing songs, so I guess I'm a writer in that yes. way. But I never thought I would. Yeah, I, especially because I don't love, I'm not a big, like, I have a lot of friends that love reading books, and I'm not that person, so I'm more audiobook type person, which sure. we do have it available in audiobook for all of you non-readers um, as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well, and now we have the behind-the-scenes look at what happened in the middle of that recording. Holy <laughs> yeah. moly. Um, I see a guitar in the background. Has Have you been singing or doing any music lately? A little bit. Not, I want to. I want to get back into it a little bit more. Even just use it for, use it for therapeutic purposes. Yeah. I did just do one little session for the first time in years um, over the weekend. So that was that was good. It How was fun. like a duet situation. Um, so we'll see. That can be very therapeutic. Yes, that's awesome. Get back to your roots. Awesome, Caitlin. What do you want your kids to know? At this time in life, here we are, a year out of a pandemic, unprecedented year. They're growing up, you know, getting more aware of the world. And things have definitely been rough for the whole world over the last year. What is a message you want to give to your kids right now? That, that's a good question. Um, that they are beautiful and special and okay and safe just as they are. Brave said something the other day because I was I've been ups, I've been trying to get to the bottom of why he wears so many socks mm -hmm. and it's a frustrating struggle every day to mm -hmm. be honest mm -hmm. and he finally said something yesterday at, for the first time in months it's my first time ever hearing him say this and ever hearing him say anything like this he said he because at the dinner table we all had we all had our, our shoes off and socks off 
And he went and went and got socks. And I was like, babe, baby, why are you putting, putting socks on? I was like, oh, then he had like three socks and he was like kind of mm-hmm. trying to hide that he was putting them all on. And we were all waiting for him at the dinner table. And I was like, babe, you do not need to put all these socks on right now. We're all, I was like, why, why are you, why do you want to put all the, all these socks, which I'm probably not asking him it, asking him the, in the, the proper way. Um, and he was like, because I don't like my feet. And I, that killed me whoa so now i ha- now i feel like I, ha- I have to ask around and explore like oh, what what's like, wrong what with your care feet? about his feet and like what, what? like i've never like yeah. i've never ever said anything that i don't like about my body yeah. you know in front of him so i wonder like where he's getting that from and what about his feet does he not like and so now i've just been saying like i love your feet i want to kiss your feet you're my favorite feet you know what yeah I mean? But it's like, whoa, that, so I think that was a huge, like, eye-opener to me. And, like, okay, what do I need to work on to, you know, help him feel, like, loving and accepting of his 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 body? Because that was, right. yeah. Do you have any tips? No, <laughs> I don't. That has me stumped. I did not think, I mean, I thought your insight earlier as to, like, the constriction of the socks and having it feel tighter and more secure. I thought that was an excellent insight. I I don't know. I'll think about it and I'll I'll let you know if I come up with anything. Okay, but keep me posted. That, I'm gonna start yeah, asking around. That's too. <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, but how how brave of him to to get that out and articulate that in that way? That's really interesting. And now you have something to go on, which is yeah, really really great. Oh, yeah. man. Well, I'll be thinking about him and. That's, that's, that's really challenging. That's really challenging. Well, Caitlin, I always ask my guests one final question. I asked you last time, but sometimes the answer changes. What would you tell your pre motherhood self? Mm. I would tell my pre motherhood self that give yourself grace to know that you're not going to do it perfectly um, whether it be motherhood or just life and in general. Um, and what else? Oh, that, that your kids will be your greatest teachers and it will Mm -hmm. be extremely challenging, but yes, you will feel the greatest love you'll, you've ever felt in your life. Um, but to let them be your, your, your teacher and to not let it, um, discourage you, but kind of, enlighten you to a more positive, healthy, healed, um, and whole person. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. Caitlin, congratulations on your new book, two-time Thank author. So whoop, whoop. And congratulations on giving keys. Where can people get a, get a key? Oh, you can get giving keys at the giving keys.com or Instagram at the giving keys. And I also have a um, a kids line that I started <gasps> called Brave and Love. I saw uh, named that. After my kids. Yes. So it's uh, at Brave and Love Collection, or our website is uh, braveandlove.com, and it's inspirational phrases on little T's and onesies um, and adults, so you can be a matching family of inspiration. I love covered. that. Oh, love that. So innovative. Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me. I just enjoy talking to Caitlin so much and I'm so grateful that she came back on the show and it just shows. I mean, the last time we talked, she never could have dreamed that, you know, a year and a half later, she would be living the reality that she's living now as a single mom 
But there's also been a lot of wonderful things and a lot of growth and a lot of awakening that's happened. And I hope you'll pick up her book, Every Word Matters. It's the perfect gift book for yourself or for somebody that you love to really give you those small doses of encouragement and intention. And she's just such a gifted writer and includes so many inspirational stories. She's just wonderful. So everything's linked at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com if you want to pick up her book. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.